Thank you, Jesus. Am I on now? Got it? Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Wow. What worship. Holy Spirit. James has been preaching on the Holy Spirit. I could just feel presence when I came in this morning. Just the Holy Spirit was just moving even before worship, just in prayer. Uh, this church is about moving under the Holy Spirit, the influence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I was told uh, a few minutes ago that Gay had just uh, went home not feeling well. I'm not sure exactly what's the matter with Gay, so we're going to pray for her right now so that the Lord will supernaturally touch her, whatever it is that's going on in, in her life. Father, we just lift up Gay to you and, and Dwight, Lord, as they went, uh, um, I don't know if they went to the, the doctor or the hospital or if they just went home, but she's not feeling well, Lord. So we just lift up our sister to you, our sister Gay. Father, we just pray right now that you would move by your Holy Spirit in her life, Heal her, whatever it is that's bothering her, Lord. Touch her by your spirit. Just give her the testimony unto the Lord that you had healed her miraculously and quickly, just like you did Bill Grego the other day. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Speaking about Bill, I see Bill and his mom there today. A couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago or so, uh, Bill, as you know, went into the hospital for uh, some problems he was having with his heart, and he got three stints put in. He had like, was it 85% blockage? 100% on one, 80% on the other, uh, which means that Bill was close to death there. He was suffering a heart attack on Monday. He didn't go in the doctor till Thursday. Now, God miraculously saved him despite his lack of good judgment. <laughs> he should have went in on Monday. You know, in hindsight, he probably, yeah, I, I would do that, you know? And as we get older, Bill, we take those things a little more serious. But God miraculously saved him and healed him, and he's doing fine. He's released for, for work next week already. He can go back to work and that's a, that's a miracle. Now, God does use doctors. You know, surgeons that can go in there and put stints in? I mean, it's, it's miraculous. I remember when Kathy had her stroke, it was like, thank God, a Muslim doctor. Can God use a Muslim doctor? Yes. Came in when he wasn't supposed to be there because he was called to do the procedure on Kathy to to save her life, to save her from being a stroke victim. I mean, it's like, wow, God uses doctors. God uses all of us. So good. Thank you, Lord, for Bill healing him, saving him. In, uh, in Luke 4.18, Jesus said this. and it's In Isaiah also, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, 
to preach deliverance to the captive. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty him that is bruised. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. When you you look at that verse and you see that verse, Jesus is saying it. But the same spirit that is in him is in you. See, you're a born again believer. You know, just like it says in John 4, 4 or 14, I forgot what it is, John, where he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than he, these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, I mean, it's like... Jesus tells us over and over, he tells us in Luke, he tells us in Mark, that all these things, you know, you, you are anointed to do the same things that Jesus did, the same things that God has called you to do, that Jesus did. And I think we look at ourselves as nobodies. We do. Who am I? You know, I'm not this great preacher on TV or to the thousands, to this great evangelist. I'm not Heidi Baker. Well, you know, Heidi Baker's just just been given a different anointing. If you're not familiar with Heidi Baker, she works around the world in this miraculous healing ministry in Africa and all over. I mean, it's like, there's a special anointing. But you know, God has given each of us at least one talent. Some one, some five, some ten. He's anointed each of you in a different way. You're, you're, not, you're all different. Look around, just real quick. Look around. Anybody look exactly like you here? <laughs> exactly? Nobody. Nobody's exactly like you. You're, you're all different. That's the way our DNA is. God made us all different. But you're anointed. You're anointed. Hallelujah. You know, it says in, uh, in, the, in Hebrews 4.12, it says, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, it's a discerner. So that's the word of God. And the Lord has called me today, I believe, to preach to all of us that we've got a job to do. It's like obedience and action. Obedience and action. See, they go together. Obedience and action. You know, as you look through the Gospels and through the Old Testament, New Testament, because we're not just talking about the New Testament, we're talking about the whole Bible. As you go through it, The Bible is, a, is, a, is an action, it's an action book. It's a book of action. You see, obedience always leads to action. Now, I've got a lot of questions for the Lord when I go to heaven. And I know I'm going, and I know you do too. Unless you haven't accepted Jesus and you're not sure. If you've accepted Jesus, you're going to heaven. 
I've got some questions for them, but I got a feeling when I get there, those will all be answered. I don't even have to ask them. Because <laughs> he knows a lot more than we know, you know. But when I, when I do get there, you know, from my perspective right now, I'm thinking, well, why did you do it this way? You know, why couldn't you have done it this way? You know, why did they have to march around the walls of Jericho seven times and say nothing? And, and then why on the seventh day did they have to big a, yell a big shout after they get a, did a, the seven times run? You know, it's like, why, why did they do that? And Lord, why did you let me go through all of this garbage in my life before you saved me? Why did I have to go through all these trials and tribulations and, you know, learn from all that garbage that I did in my life? Why did, you know, you could have just saved me, Lord. You could have saved all of us without all that trials and tribulations and problems. Those are some questions I have, but I know they're going to be answered because God's perfect. You know, there's a, in Deuteronomy, there's a song I remember um, years ago when I first got saved. They got saved in 1980, and shortly after, after there, there was a song that right around that time, and it was from Deuteronomy, and it says, Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are true. He's a God of faithfulness without injustice. Good and upright is he, a God of faithfulness without injustice. Good and upright is he. See, he's faithful. He's a God of faithfulness, justice, perfect. And so many times we, we forget that he's in complete control. Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens. He has sovereign rule over all. Job 42.2, where he said, Job says, Lord, I know that thou canst do all things and that no purpose of thine can be thwarted. No purpose. No purpose of the Lord can be thwarted. So then why do we have to go through all of those things? <laughs> well, he gives us a chance to be a partner with him. That's where prayer comes in. That's where obedience comes in. That's where action comes in. Uh, when I, about, I guess it was about six weeks ago, a couple months ago, something like that, Ray had asked me to preach this week. <clears throat> and I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. And uh, so at that time, shortly thereafter, the Lord had put some, some thoughts in my heart and some verses of Scripture in my heart and, and then some things in my heart. And I said, sure, you know, I think I've got some, a word to, to preach. And then shortly thereafter, I thought I had the word. And then, you know how God works in our life. Certain things happen here and there. And you go, yeah, maybe I should go in this direction. No, nah, maybe I should go in this direction. Yeah, but we're teaching about the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's go in this direction. You know, it's like, you know, you're not really sure what direction to go into. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of put it aside and just was praying and, Last couple of days, I still wasn't sure what direction I should go into. But then last night, the, the Lord led me to go back actually to the direction that I had started back about a couple months ago when he told me to, that he would like me to preach today. So it, it goes back to actually Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. 
Now, people don't like the book of Deut- a lot of people don't like the book of Deuteronomy because it's got got some laws in there. <laughs> Do you know we live in a society that doesn't like laws? You know, actually, we, we live in a society that that doesn't know the Bible. We we really do. If um, I, I watch this ISN network on YouTube, it's uh, it's Sid Roth's. It's it's supernatural. And if you're not familiar with Sid, Sid Roth, he's Messianic Jew, and he's just got a great program. Has great guests. It's about miracles, but it's more. It's about the Bible. It's about Jesus. It's about Yeshua Hamashiach. And he, he did, uh, about six or seven months ago, uh, a program where they went to the streets of Charlotte. Now, Charlotte, North Carolina, is considered to be part of the bar- Bible Belt. You know? So you would think, if you went to the streets of Charlotte, that people would know a little bit about the Bible. But it was amazing. Most, only, only actually one person really knew what the Bible said, because the questions that were asked were simple questions about sin. <laughs> and that's not a word that's mentioned today. I'm sorry, it's really not. But there is such a thing as sin, because when you read the Bible, there is, you know, there's, there's life or death. Choose life, you know. There's boundaries and there's, there's blessings in boundaries. You go outside of those boundaries, you lose the blessing, and you know what you got? You got problems. I know, I've been there. You know you've been there. You go outside of the boundaries of God, and you got problems. Eventually, eventually. Now, you may not get those problems tomorrow. You may even have fun going outside those boundaries. You probably did, but for a short season, because then the problems will eventually come. That's just the way it is. God put it that way. So boundaries are a good thing. If you're raising children, hopefully you're telling them there are boundaries. You know, you don't touch the hot pan because you're going to get burned. I mean, simple things like that, but it goes beyond that. So they asked these questions and the people were like, no, no, it's like all about feelings. It's about how do you feel? Well, it's also about what they were taught or how they were brought up. Now, you've got to remember, I'm, I'm going back, I'm almost 67 years old, so I was one of the radicals of the 1960s. Now, <clears throat> it wasn't a radical for Jesus. It was a radical for ungodliness. You know, bas- basically, that's what it was. There was a book at that time by Saul Olinsky. It was called Rules for Radicals. Rules for Radicals. Now, that book was dedicated by Saul Alinsky to Lucifer. Now, get that? The beginning of the book, dedicated to Lucifer. That book became a Bible for many of our politicians today. Many of our politicians. Many of our world leaders. Now, that book came out in the 60s, but that... The information was nothing new. Satan has been doing that for years. One of the things was, is if you repeat a lie over and over and over again, 
and keep bringing it to the forefront, it will be eventually accepted as truth. That was one of the rules for radicals. If you bring a lie over and over and over to the front and don't give up on it, it will be eventually accepted as a truth. You see, the goal of rules for radicals was not truth. The goal was to get a person or persons or society thinking the way you want them to think. Now, if the book was dedicated to Lucifer, who do you think they wanted you to believe? (laughs) They wanted you to believe the works of the enemy, right? I mean, it's simple. So, the Lord is moving by His Spirit now in a special way where people are actually beginning to read the Bible. They're actually beginning to go into the Word of God. And they're saying, just like I think it was Josiah the king, we said, why didn't you tell me this? And he tore his clothes and he said, wow, this is the Word of the Lord. Was that King Josiah that said that? He was just like 12 years old or something like that. Not sure. One of those kings. He said, man, he said, I didn't know this as they brought the Word to him. He didn't know all of this. He said, this this is like completely new to him. He said, wow, had I known this, but now that I do know it, I'm going to put it to practice. You see? And that's where we're at right now. So I'm not preaching doom and gloom here that people don't know the Bible. I'm preaching that this is great because now they're going to discover the Word of God. They're going to go in there and they're going to say, wow, this is what it says. I'm going to start doing this stuff. Because I think that there's real hope in this book. Wow, isn't that neat? This is what the Lord, and this is what 2017 is all about. This, we're, we're talking about, we're going to see mati- radical. We're going to see radicals, but it's not going to be radicals the way that Saul Olinsky hoped it would be. It's going to be radicals for Jesus Christ. As people read the word, as people worship, and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Things are going to be different. It's going to be good. But anyways, the Lord told me to go into Deuteronomy, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go into a little bit. And and it's it's verse uh, chapter 32, uh, start at 45. It says, When Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them. So Moses, he just, Moses went on a big, big speech. I mean, you think Pastor Ray or I or somebody else will give you long messages. This was, this was nothing. This is nothing. I mean, we're talking messages back then that went for hours and hours. And the people listened because they knew it was the Lord. Well, Moses said this. He said to them, take to your heart, and I'm reading out of the American Standard Version, so it may be diff- a little different than yours. Take to your heart all the words with which I am warning you today which you shall command your sons to observe carefully, even all the words of this law. For it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land, which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. Now you see, they were about to go into the promised land. Just like you're about to go in to your promised land. You are about to go there. 
I'm, I'm totally serious on this. Totally serious. You're about to go into your promised land. Now, he's talking about Israel here. Prior to this, as you go in there, he talks about all the blessings. You'll be blessed going in, blessed going out. Your baskets will be full. You'll prosper. You just go in earlier, like chapter 28, and he talks about all the blessings. But then right after that, he talks about the curses and why, if you don't obey. He said, if you don't obey, oh Lord, I like the blessing part. I love those blessings. Who doesn't want to be blessed? But then he said, there's curses if you don't obey. You know? we, we live in a society today, and I know, I, I, I'm not talking about just my work situation, but probably everybody. We're, it, it's like, wow, you can't believe how some people think. I don't know if it's like that in your life, but I mean, it's like, wow, it's like the natural man understandeth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They're spiritually discerned. In a couple verses down, it goes, but we have the mind of Christ. So when you're at work or wherever you're at, and people are saying things, and you're going, what? Like, it's because they can't discern it. They have blinders on. It's spiritually discerned. Now, this is where action comes in, and, and it's going to be different in each way. You don't want to be like me in the beginning, where I took this Bible and I slammed it on people's faces, basically. I remember in a locker room one time, getting in a battle with this, this one guy on abortion. You know, this, I had just been newly saved. You know, and, I, and I said, but the Word of God doesn't... And, and I was just... I was ranting off on this guy, and he was like, whoa, this is in the locker room. We got our underwear on, you know? And, uh, and it's like, whoa, take it easy, John, take it easy. And after I cooled down, and then the Lord really got on me for that one too, you know? He said, John, there's a way to deliver. There's a way to deliver my love. <laughs> so, so anyways, uh, you know, we, we have a, a discernment that God gives us because we're of the Spirit of the Lord. But everybody is not that blessed. So we have to use discernment in how to deliver the action part. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is going to be working different on you in different situations. Some people, like I remember uh, we had a pastor speak here one time and said, <clears throat> some people... Um, when they're raising their children, they find out that certain children require a little bit more leather than other children. <laughs> you know, every one of your child, we had four children, we, we know there was a difference in each of them. And, and of course, Rebecca knows back there, and, you know, and Alex, that you got different personalities. What do you got, six, seven, ten, whatever it is? <laughs> There's... There's different personalities. They require a little difference in the raising of them, you know? Uh, everyone is different. Some are very obedient. Some are not. <coughs> Excuse me. But anyways, the Lord will give you that discernment. 
by His Spirit. And you'll be able to del deliver that message. So when we look at this word in, De in Deuteronomy, it says they're not idle words. They're not idle words. These are words that mean something to God and should mean something to you. And if you excuse me, I have to get some water here. Ah, thank you, Lord. Now, obedience, action. God has called us into action, each in a different way. Remember we said earlier in that verse in Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Remember that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Is upon you. So put your name to it. Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Back in the 90s, we had uh, two of our daughters went to Garland Christian Academy. It's a Baptist school right out here on Levon Highway. I'm not sure if you know where that is. I'm, you know, not too far from here. But anyways, they went to Garland Christian Academy. So we used to go to the, uh, the sporting, good, sporting, good, sporting events that they had there and everything. And I remember, because I'm in athletics and so I, I love sports, and I remember these two brothers that were just phenomenal baseball and basketball players. They were called the Benham brothers, Jason and David Benham. And I remember uh, going to those games and watching these guys play with fierce intensity in everything they did. And I remember one game in particular, they were playing Lakeview Centennial. Now, Lakeview Centennial, I'm not sure if it's 5A or 6A, but it's one of the bigger schools in this area. And they've always had some fairly, at least back then they did, some fairly good teams. And at this time, they had a pretty good basketball team. And I remember GCA was playing him, and I remember saying, wow, they're going to they're get killed by this team. You know? and, but I went to the game, and I was shocked that Garland Christian was just, I mean, right in there the whole game until about the last 30 minute or 30 seconds, something like that, one of the Benham brothers followed out, and this was the key to their team. And Lakeview ended up winning by one or two points. But to watch these guys play that, that day, diving after balls, just doing phenomenal things, throwing their bodies out there, giving it all they have, really inspired me when I watched them play. As, you know, we went and watched other games and baseball and everything, because they were really good in baseball. So then I, I didn't hear much about them after that until about seven or eight months ago or something like that. I saw them on national TV um, on one, one of the programs, and, and they were coming up, taking a stand against this, um, it was called some kind of a bill in North Carolina where they were allowing bathrooms in Charlotte to be used by either men or women, uh, and, and they were taking a stance against that. So anyways, I said that to, to, to kind of lead into this. These young men had a father, his name was Flip Benham. And I had talked to him a couple of times that didn't really know the man, but just talked to him at games a couple of times, just said some passing words and things like that. But uh, when I did talk to him one time, he was telling me a little bit about his past. And he was a tavern owner at one time, in, I guess it was Florida. 
He was a tavern owner. He said he was a big boozer, alcoholic, owned a tavern. He said, and Jesus Christ radically saved him. Radically saved him. He said so radical that he sold the tavern and went to train for the ministry and became a minister. Now that's radical transformation. Somebody touches your life like that, Jesus Christ comes in. You sold everything. That's your whole life. You're a tavern owner and now you're going to be a preacher of the gospel? Well, Flip, uh, at that time, or right around that time, prior, a little prior uh, to that, I think, I'm not, I'm not sure what denomination, maybe he was Free Methodist or something like that. But they were making some changes in their life and they were going to be moving to a different area of the country. But way before that, when I got saved in 1980, I remember I would go to picket abortion clinics. Now, don't condemn me. I know I didn't have the right heart at the time. But I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. So I got a sign, and I went from the abortion clinic. I had just been saved, and God radically saved me. Because if you hear the story of my background, it's not real pretty. But I remember God really radically saved me in a church that I was forced to go to by my mother, who was saved four years earlier, just because I was in town and because I was her son and I was staying at her house. <laughs> she said, you're going to church with me. Ah, oh, gee. So I did it in obedience as a good son would do. And that's where the Lord radically saved me. Through a tongue and through an interpretation and through weeping and running to the altar. <laughs> Save me, Lord. You see, you see, the Lord convicted me of sin. See, he convicted me of sin. Because the tongue, whew, it was like, it was like, if you keep going in the direction and, it, uh, you know, I, well, how could the, the tongue on the other side of the room be interpreted from a guy by a guy who was in the row ahead of me and say exactly what the Lord was going to say to me? It was like, wow, this is unbelievable. It's like, you keep going in the direction you're going. <laughs> it's like, you go, you're outside the boundaries. <laughs> if you want blessings, you get in the boundaries. It was like, I couldn't stop. I, I went right to the front. It was only, I think it was only me. Maybe there was one other person that went to the front. But I went and I said, that, that, was, that was the beginning of the change in me. Well, anyway, so I'm in, in front and I'm with the picket and I'm just walking up and down. And little did I know at that time that there was this guy, Flip Benham, who was kind of the Operation Blessing Director or Operation Rescue. Operation Rescue Director. So years later, I, you know, when I got to talk to him, I kind of relayed a little bit about what I did. But the Lord told me to stop because my heart wasn't right, because it wasn't the thing for me to do at that time. So I, I did have to stop the picketing part. But here's the interesting story. Flip Benham was called to action. And you may not be called to the same action, but you're going to be called to another action. He was called to action to put his office from the church next to the abortion clinic. <laughs> so he had his church and his church secretary office that they rented next to the abortion clinic. Now, the lady's name was uh, McCorvey, Roe versus Wade. That's a big case because it was out of Dallas. 
abortion, the law from the Supreme Court started in Dallas. It was, it was done in Dallas County. Roe versus Wade, well, the, the Roe was Jane Roe, was they call, did they call it Jane Roe or something? But anyway, her name was Norma McCorvey. That was the alias, but her real name was Norma McCorvey. She worked at the abortion clinic that I picketed at. <laughs> she worked at that clinic. But see, next door was her office. They would be praying for that clinic. Flip Benham, his secretary, other people would come in from the church. They would be praying. Now, I want to tell you something. Prayer always leads to action. Prayer. Remember this. If you don't remember anything from today, prayer always leads to action. You go throughout the Bible, you're going to see prayer always leads to action. So, while they're praying, they're, always, they're doing something too. They're sending cookies and cakes to the abortion clinic next door. So they're taking stuff to the abortion clinic. You see, they're extending the olive branch. They're extending the branch. Here, you guys have some cookies and cakes. Now, here's the, the neat thing. Flip invites Norma, somehow through the cookies and everything, he's got an inroad to talk to her. He invites her to her home for dinner. Now, Norma is a lesbian at this time. She's living with another lady, and I forgot the lady's name, but anyway, she's living with the lady. He invites her to dinner. They have the talk and everything. Over a two-year, to bring it all together, over a two-year process, Flip gets to baptize her under the Lord Jesus Christ. She gives her life to the Lord. This is the Roe versus Wade lady. This is Jane Doe from Roe versus Wade. He gets to lead her to the Lord and baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Of course, she quit her job at the abortion clinic, and she started speaking up for the rights of the unborn. Now, eventually, her lesbian roommate gets saved. And Flip and his sons get to move them out. They rented a U-Haul to go move them. What is it? Prayer brings action. You see, what's the action? They had to invite her over. They had to bring the cookies. They had to get rent the U-Haul at their own expense, go help them move out. You see, prayer always requires action. Now, I, I thought, wow, that is a neat story. I mean, it's, it's great. Well, anyways, I, I, getting back to the 90s when I talked to Flip, and again, I don't know Flip other than talking to him. You know, when you're at a game, you talk to people at the game and things come up. So we were conversing and things like that. But I really don't know the man. All I know is that his heart is for Jesus Christ. Now, he's a radical for Jesus he does radical things for Jesus. But you know, he's different than you and me, but he's still called of God to do what God called him to do. God is calling people to do right, things right now in high places and in low places that probably are going to boggle your mind and you may not even agree with. How can a Christian do that? 
pick it <laughs> or whatever, you know? It's like, don't worry about it. God's in charge. He's got full control of everything. Now, his sons have a great heritage from his dad, from their dad. These two guys, uh, I saw them on Sid Roth, very articulate. They actually became, they were close to being major league baseball players. They made it to double A baseball, great athletes. But then they went into uh, business. And they said they, they had no business background. They were history majors in college. But they went into real estate and eventually got to the point where they had like 100 offices over the whole country. These are young guys. They're only, right now, they're only in their early 40s. So, I mean, they're young guys. But they had, they become multimillionaires early. But they said the reason was because it was God's blessings. They knew nothing about business. God's blessings just poured, kept pouring on them. But God has called them in a different area now. And they are preaching the gospel all over the world. They're doing things that you and I couldn't do because there's a special anointing upon them. They've been called to action in their way. And if you want to see more about them, just go to Sid Roth, ISN Network. It's great. These guys are great. I I really love these two brothers. And especially, I feel like I've got a little connection since I watched them play (laughs) when they they were in high school, just little guys in, in my daughter's school. But... Anyways, I wanted to close. I'm not keeping you a a long time here. Um, God, I I wanted to say some things about 217, 2017 here. God is is doing some things that are going to be mind-blowing, mind-boggling to us. There's going going to be some, some things going on in the natural, that you're going to need spiritual eyes to see it. You're going to need spiritual eyes to see the good thing that's going to come out of this. Remember, in Romans, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. See, God's purposes are coming forward. There's going to be things happening in the government, in the educational realm, in the financial realm, in the church, in your home, and in the media. There's going to be things happening. They're happening already. There's going to be things happening. You're going to need spiritual eyes to see all the good that's going to come out of these things. Years ago, probably four or five, maybe longer, Kathy and I, we had a burden. We we, we try to pray together on a regular basis. Usually it comes out to about three, four, five, sometimes six days a week. Where we try to, because we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in our midst, you see. And it's great to pray one. You do have to do that. You have to hear the Lord. And I, I do pray alone too. And Kathy prays alone. But you have to pray together if you have a spouse. If you don't have a spouse, have a, a friend, a prayer partner to pray with. Because... There's something about two gathering together. That's why we have you know, our prayer meetings here when we get together. Uh, there's a special anointing. Four or five years ago or so, I don't know exactly when, our prayers, we both had a burden uh, about truth coming out, that God will exp- 
expose the lies. See, the enemy, remember you said, we said earlier, Saul Alinsky, you know, repeat a lie over and over again and eventually it's accepted as a truth. Well, we were saying, we were seeing all that and we said, Lord, you know, do something. So on a day, every time we'd meet together and pray, one of the prayers was, Lord, we want you to expose the lies. Now, now listen to this carefully. Not just to expose the lies, but to bring out the truth for the purpose of restoration. You see, we don't want anybody to go to hell. Nobody. Nobody. God came to set the world free. You know, He sent His Son to die so that they might be saved. He didn't come to kill people and destroy them. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy So the purpose was always restoration. So Lord, we pray, Father, in the political realm, in the financial realm, in the educational realm, in the media, in that realm, in the church, and in the home, Lord, expose any lies, but all for the purpose of restoration. Something about bringing out to the forefront a lie that gives a person an opportunity to either repent or to ignore and deny. Now, we know the Word says over and over, in repentance comes forgiveness. And see, that's the purpose. God just wants us to repent. So it doesn't matter what the lie was. The matter is repentance. Repentance. So that was, has been our prayer. And we've almost for a while there felt like, man, are these prayers not being heard? Because God, I don't see anything changing. But you know, the last four or five months, it's amazing how things come out to the open and you start seeing things with a different eye because now what seemed to be standard is being revealed as a lie. There's a lot of lies out there. You know, our, our government, like all other governments, we have an agency called the CIA. CIA agents are trained to lie. You know that. Just like any other agents in Moscow or any place else. You have to be deceptive. If you're part of the CIA, you have to be deceptive. They're called covert actions. What is a covert action? You go in pretending to do one thing when your real motive was something else, right? Right. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong in a government situation because you have to do you you have to do investigating to see who your enemies are. <laughs> you know? It's like you have to be wise as a serpent. You have to know who your enemies are. So I'm not saying in a government situation that that is not right. But what I am saying is this, that when those things start leaking out into the real world and, re- and pe- everybody thinks they're in a covert action and they can lie, then you've got a whole world lying. <laughs> and you don't know what the truth is. But God, and here's what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is this, God is revealing all that. He's revealing, exposing all the lies. And He will expose all the lies. He'll expose the lies in my life and in your life, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. 
Because if there's something that I'm doing that needs to be exposed, Lord, expose it. I've had it done before. Do it again. Because I know when that's exposed, I'm free. I'm free. And you see, that's what God is doing right now in this land. He's exposing things. You're going to be seeing people saved this year in 2017. You're going to go, what? They're saved? Those are the ones that are going to repent. It's going to be exposed, and they're going to repent, and God's going to supernaturally save them. He's going to touch them. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's our prayer for 2017. Are you all with me on that? Now, I want to leave you with this. Wow, this is a short message today. That's good. That's good. God is so good. So good. So good. I want to leave you with this. Um, Your personal life for 2017 is blessings. I believe the Lord told me to tell you that. You're coming off of maybe a difficult season in your life. You've had some doubts, some real doubts. You've even, at times, you, you may have said this unintentionally or intentionally. You said, Lord, are, are you really there? <laughs> are you really there? I don't, I don't see your hand working, Lord. I, I, I don't see. It seems like the same old, same old, Lord. I don't see it. Lord is here to, today to tell you He's here with you. He has been with you. You are blessed. You will be blessed. This is a year for you to look forward. Look forward. Now that does not mean that you will not have some trials and tribulations. Remember this. Trials and tribulations are good. I want you to say that with me. Trials and tribulations are good because you love the Lord and you're called according to His purpose. You see, when I go, I, I still do train a little bit with my body. I do exercise. And, and you know, you think after almost 67 years of life, I'd have a chance where I could just rest. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. But you know, it's not like that. I still have to exercise. I still have to exercise. It's like I want to just say, oh, okay. you know, I've done that. I've, I've been exercising ever since I've been a baby. I remember kicking my legs or whatever, you know. It's like, okay, I, I've done all that. I've done that, did that. It was great. But now I just want to relax. I don't want to exercise anymore. You know, that's not life. I'm still going to exercise. Because I don't know how long the Lord's going to you know, keep me on this earth. But as long as he keeps me on the earth, I want to not only exercise, but I want to do his will. And to do his will, I believe I have to be healthy. And to be healthy, I need to take care of myself. Now, that's another message. But anyways, the Lord has got some great things in store for you. This year. Now here's the, the, the bad part. If. <laughs> if ye seek my face. If ye seek my face. 
How many in here want to seek God's face this year? Raise your hand. I want you to put it up high. And two hands if you want a double blessing. Father, you see all the hands. We all, myself included, we are seeking your face this year. I know we will go through trials and tribulations, Lord. But through that, just like exercise, we'll come out healthier, Lord. We'll come out closer to you. And we'll come out in the perfect will of the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this life. We thank you for the years of the past. But, Lord, we're especially thanking you for 2017 on how you're going to bless us and we're going to bless you and bless others, Lord. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. God is good. Uh, We will have prayer tomorrow night if anybody wants to come if you're not working. I will be here tomorrow night. Ray will be here on prayer on Friday. I will not be here on Friday night. And then Wednesday, James is continuing teaching on the Holy Spirit. And church, you need the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not baptizing the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, you need to come to James's class. For the Lord says he gives you power through that heavenly language that you will not have on your own. You will have power to cast out the enemy that you will not have in the natural and in the flesh. But you'll have it in the spirit. If you don't speak in tongues, now I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. There's a lot of Christians that are going to heaven that do not speak in tongues. They're saved. But I'll tell you what, if you want power, your prayer language, you need to be speaking in tongues. You're going to be speaking in tongues and you're going, to, you're going to accomplish things that your natural mind will never think of. You'll never accomplish that. But in tongues, in the Spirit, you're going to speak directly to the throne room of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for this time together with this precious congregation, Lord. Lord, I pray your supernatural blessings on each one. If there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord, and I looked around and it looks like I, I recognize everybody that you know all know the Lord, but there may be somebody who doesn't know the Lord. I want you to come up and I want to pray with you that you will have Jesus Christ accepted in your life as your personal Lord and Savior. If anybody needs prayer for anything, I want you to come up and we'll pray about it. But Lord, those that don't, those that are going to be leaving, Father, we thank you that they're going to be going peacefully and safely to wherever their destination is, whether it be going out to eat, going home, or going over a friend's house to watch a football game. That really doesn't matter, but you give them that opportunity to have some fun. And that's good. And Father, we thank you for your blessings this day. And we pray supernaturally for a great 2017 for every one of us and our family members. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You all can go. And uh, if you want a prayer, come on up here. If you don't know the Lord, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, come up here. I'll pray for you. We'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. I won't, but the Lord will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord.